0: Hey, welcome, everybody. Welcome. Your saltwater guide, Captain Dave Hansen, with another great podcast seminar for you today. We're going to have a really good one for you today. Thank you all for joining us. It's Roasted Anchor Coffee Thursday. So uh, we'll be talking a little bit about Roasted Anchor Coffee Company today. And they're going to be doing a big giveaway. So we'll talk about that. And we're going to talk about rockfish fishing and get down and dirty to a little bit more of tips on how to catch more rockfish on your boat when you go fishing or on a sport boat when you go fishing with one of those guys on the sport boat. But first and foremost, let's welcome every single person. Thank you very, very much, everybody. From the podcast world, the Facebook world, the YouTube world, all of you, thank you very, very much. Everything's headed in the right direction. The views are incredible. The engagement blows my mind every single day. I appreciate everybody. We're on the side of the road on the way home from uh, from uh, Lopez Mateos. So you may hear a car drive by. You may hear a truck drive by. That's why you don't see my monkey jumping around in the back because we are on the side of the road here doing our show with uh, Starlink. And I just want everybody... Let me know if everything looks good, if it's smooth, if this is all looking good and looking sharp. Let me know. Hey, Kelly girl, does it look good? Does it sound good? Marley's watching his daddy. Good. Yeah, if anybody's seeing this and it's it's good, quality's good, just let me know. Send a text message or send a uh, message on uh, Facebook or YouTube and I can get those messages. And don't forget, it's text the show. Wednesday I try to answer everybody. Oh good, thank you Brad. Thanks Mike Lewis. Good. Enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks John Stanley. Everybody thank you. Gang, don't forget. Yesterday was incredible. Thank you for everything you do for me. Yesterday was incredible, gang. The amount of stars we got, we set a new record yesterday with the amount of stars and that's only because of all of you so thank you all very very much for the stars if you don't know what those are they're available on facebook and you can sprinkle the stars throughout our podcast also you can sprinkle them on all our videos and we put out three brand new videos every single day across all social media platforms and then we do this podcast monday through friday live tomorrow's show is going to be absolutely incredible The amount of people that I've talked to already that are super fired up to see Wayne on the show, the director of CCA California, he is going to talk about all the things that are coming down the pipe here, all the different things that are going to affect. Hey, Darren, thank you. Kelly, girl, thanks, John. All the different things that are coming down the pipe. Kim and Dan, thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody, thank you. Oh, thank you. No, I didn't. I got up and we started driving. Yeah, thank you, John. Thank you. (laughs) But um, text me on my phone number at 949-374-0786. We're going to give away a t-shirt today. And uh, also Roasted Anchor Coffee Companies getting more involved. They heard about the contest that Promar's having. If you visit the Promar's website through the QR code, we're going to pick one lucky winner who's going to get a beautiful bag of products from Promar plus a Your Saltwater Guide t-shirt. And uh, that's only by visiting their store. So when Roasted Anchor Coffee heard about that, they were like, well, we want in on that. We want you to talk about our of." We're going to give away a bag of Roasted Anchor Coffee, which sells for $20. They're going to give away a bag of coffee, a t-shirt, and a coffee cup. By visiting their website. So I'm going to flash the QR code up here right now. And we'll flash it up a couple more times throughout the show. But if you go and go through the QR code and visit their website. You don't have to purchase anything. But you do have to go into the website. And that way my, my director Elliot will know that you visited the website. And then we're going to give away $20 bag of coffee, t-shirt, and a coffee cup. So don't, don't hesitate. Go over there. That's pretty good odds. You know, all you got to do is visit it. You don't even have to buy the product. But when you get there, you're going to see that roasted anchor coffee is a good, good product. I drink it all the time. I'm going to have me some right now, as a matter of fact. I like the dark roasted. So does Kelly Girl. And uh whoo, keeps me going, keeps me fired up. I'm a 61-year-old man, so... We keep it going here because of the coffee. But don't forget, it's text the show Thursday. We got quite a few texts that already came through. I'm pretty excited about that. And I want to thank everybody for that. A lot of podcast followers sending in their questions early so they make sure they get read on the show. And I thank you all for that. And uh, the best way, I know a lot of people leave comments on the show, but the best way to get your comment read on the show and get a chance to win is The uh, T-shirt that we give away, and Kelly Girl is going to be more than happy to mail it right to you as soon as the show's over. Text me at 949-374-0786. And I will read your your question online and we'll do our very, very best to answer it. So we got a uh, couple of questions that came through here already. So let me get down and dirty and let's get into them. So first, Dan from San Ysidro. wants to know about the different sizes of reels because they're all different sizes. And one company's got them sized this way. Another company's got them sized that way. And then, then you get size 15, size 10, size 5, size 20, 30, 30 wide, 50, 50 wide. And then you go over to the spinning reels, and it's 4,000, 4, 2,000, 5,000. Okay. To be perfectly honest with you, and I'm answering this question as honestly as I possibly can, I have no idea. I have no idea why they number them the way they number them and how, why they all can't just, why why one company can't be just like the rest of them and just name them in line, the numbers, so that you could understand it more. When you get up to the uh, larger real size like Akuma with the Makaira 30s and 50s and 80s and 130s, those go right in line with Penn and, and and some of the other companies. But then when you get into their smaller reels, their lever drags, their star drags, and then the spinning reels, it's a whole different world. The only thing I can say, the best thing I can say, Dan, is you need to go online and look at what these things are. The size they show, the size of the reel, you need to go and you look at that. And you need to make, I don't know. Or what you could do is you could join my website at yoursaltwaterguide.com, and you could send me, you can call me anytime, and I'll tell you the very best reels that I fish with, the Akuma series of reels. That's what I use on a daily basis. That's what you see on all my videos and all my shows. I'm using the Akuma products, and I believe that I have a pretty good understanding of how they number their reels, so we can talk about that, and you can give me a call, soon as you become a member of your saltwater guide if you're already a member dan then you already you're already are ahead of the game and now you can just send me a question later down the line and we'll be more or you can call me and we'll be more than happy to answer all your questions that's the one thing that you won't find anybody else that owns a website that is willing to talk to you and walk you through everything that has to do with it and then the big thing is like my buddy matt was just talking about the community is incredible just the secure feeling you feel over on the community. We get hundreds and hundreds of uh posts by members showing pictures of them and their children catching fish and they also leave the report and tell the story of how they caught the fish, where they caught the fish at, or they also let you know if it sucked, if it absolutely sucks and they follow Dave's game plan and they didn't catch anything. They're letting you know either way what's going on out there on the water. So That's the beautiful thing about the community over at YourSaltWaterGuide.com. You can download it. If you don't know anything about my website, you can download it right there off the QR code. Go over there, check it out. The very first video you watch will be me telling you to call me before you spend a penny. I don't want you to spend any money on something you don't know anything about, so I'll be more than happy to explain to you how the whole website works, which is pretty incredible. When you dial my number, guess who answers the phone? I do. When you call my hr department guess who answers the phone i do when you call and want to talk to my wife guess who answers the phone i do so you're going to always get to talk to me that's the best part about it because i own the website i built i made every one of the videos on there and i know everything about the website and how it all works and you can't google or you can't watch a youtube video on how Your saltwater guide, the website, works because no one's ever built anything like this for you before. All right. That being said, we got another question. It rained in San Diego this morning for a few hours. How does that rain affect the fishing? The biggest problem with the rain, but now there's really nothing left to run off because we've had so much rain in Southern California this year that it doesn't really, it's not going to affect it like it would have if it was the beginning of the rainy season. Then everything in the storm drains and would run off and go into the water. Right now, you're not going to see that effect so much. So you're, the number one thing is to stay away from the little river jetties and the river mouths and those things because that's going to be a little bit dirtier water. But as far as the small amount of rain that you just had, it's not really going to do much to affect the fishing, John. So I think that... Answer that question. It wasn't enough to matter. We've had so much rain this year that there's really not much to run off into, this, into the ocean like there was in the beginning of the season. So we got that going for me. All right. This is from uh, Matt Ryan. Matt was out fishing yesterday. He put up a beautiful report on the uh, community page on the website. And Matt is asking... If I can talk more about when you set the hook on a fish, like a calico bass and you're fishing in the kelp and there's sea lions all around, or even if there's not, when you set the hook on a bass or set the hook on a smaller fish, the only thing you need to do is turn the handle, Randall. You set the hook once, you turn the handle and you turn it faster and faster and faster until that fish comes into the boat. But if you set the hook, Drop the tip, wind, pull up, wind. We're talking a one pound to four pound fish. That sea lion is going to eat them. Or if you drop the tip and it's a calico bass or a mangrove grouper or anything that lives in structure, the minute you drop the tip, their nose is going right into the structure, the kelp, the mangroves, the rocks, and they're going to bury in there and you're not going to get them out. So... One hook set and wind as fast as you can. And Matt, believe me, in the 40 years I ran sport boats and worked on sport boats, that was the hardest thing to get through people's heads. Because they all watch, like my good buddy Michael Folks, inside sport fishing. And they see people jerking the living bejesus out of it. And that looks cool. Like if you're out on, when Mark Rear was running Jen rent sport fishing, you're out on his boat and you're pulling on a marlin and you want to be filmed, and you want it to look cool, you jerk like crazy because that looks phenomenal on TV, it does nothing for you to catch a fish. Nothing. You bend the rod, and you turn the handle. That's the magic of fishing. All this jerking, that is a phenomenal thing for videography. That is a phenomenal thing for a TV commercial or a TV show. But as far as catching a fish, the only thing i found in the little bit of time that I've been fishing for a living is you set the hook and then you turn the handle. And magically, all the line that was out in the water, if you keep turning the handle, it's all going to go on to your reel. And then eventually, right by your feet will be a big dead fish. It's crazy. But everybody wants to jerk the living bejesus out of it because they saw that on TV. And what happens when you jerk it besides their nose getting, let's say it's a marlin or a wahoo or, or a tuna. You keep jerking like that? You're just wearing a bigger hole and a bigger hole and a bigger hole in the fish's mouth. And you're, when they jerk and then they drop the tip, 99.9% of those guys don't turn the handle when they drop the tip. So one of those times they drop the tip, the hook falls. You have ripped such a big hole in the fish's mouth by jerking. Eventually, the hook falls out of his mouth. And what I used to always say was, we waited all day for that bite. And you finally got it. And then you jerked it off. You must be married. Okay, I'm sorry. All right. I did say that out loud. Dang. I'm sorry, Mark. I didn't mean to offend you. Okay, here's a question from Matt. Dave, when fishing on a spot, when do you stay or when do you move? I give a spot 15 minutes if we're fishing spots and there's conditions. If there's conditions and we have downhill current or uphill current, and the water clarity is pretty good, and the conditions look right, and, the, and I'm marking fish on the meter, I'll give it 15 minutes. If we don't get a bite of any kind in 15 minutes, I'm gone. But if we're getting bites, and they're not converting to fish, I will actually come down out of the bridge, or I'll come out of the cockpit, I'll grab a bait, hook it onto one of my rods, throw it out there, and find out if it's the guys fishing or if it's the fish and 99.9 percent of the time it's the fishermen it's not the fish they're there they want to bite but people are just eating their boogers instead of actually catching the fish so a lot of times that kept the fish especially when i ran sport boats and i could hear the people grumbling down there on the deck oh there's nothing here i wish the captain would move i'd just grab my rod get down there in the middle of everybody hook a bait on make a lot of noise cast the bait out right over the top of their shoulders, let the bait hit the water, run for a second, click it in gear and wind in a fish, bounce it on the deck and go, I don't know what else I can do, gang. I brought you to the fish. Here they are. Now it's up to you to catch them. I can't, I don't know. I've told you exactly how to catch them, but most people would rather eat boogers than learn. That's just the nature of the fishermen. They they read a book or they watched a lot of times and Mark and I, we had this conversation. They'll go to the bar The night before, they come out fishing, and they'll talk to the guys at the bar, and they'll get some phenomenal information from them on what they should do. Even though Mark and I were out on the water all day the day before, and no one knows more, they're going to come out, and they're going to try to explain to us what the guy at the bar told them we should be doing today. Right? Absolutely. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Or they read a magazine, which I don't know anybody that reads a magazine anymore, but... There is some people they'll read a magazine and then they'll go by the guy that wrote the article in the magazine. Hey, a year ago. Yeah. A year ago. And that guy, he writes articles for magazines, but he doesn't run a boat every single day. He's not out fishing. There are some people that were writing articles, but most of them were too busy trying to make a living to write the article. But it's so funny when you get on a boat, you go fishing with somebody and you don't want to have confidence in the captain of the boat. My biggest question was always, why are you here? Why did you come out with me if you don't believe what I'm trying to tell you? Right? Like you, you would say, well, why didn't you go over there and go out with John? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. Well, we don't understand when you buy a ticket or you hire us for the day. The very best thing you can do is listen to us because that's why you're here. That's why you're on the boat. All right, and I know we're supposed to be talking about rockfish fishing, but you know I get a ton of a ton of questions, so I'm going to try to answer them all as we're sitting here on the side of the road, going with a buddy's charter over Darren, going with a buddy's charter overnight this weekend for the night fishing. Are we big flat fall good enough, or is it necessary to have one or two knife jigs? I will go also ask the captain when I get there. That's One of our one of our members went out fishing on the Apollo last week and he called me up and he asked me the question. And I was like, hey, here's what I would do if I was you. When I get there, I get there at least an hour before we board the boat and I'd be paying attention. I'd be looking around and I'd be trying to figure out where the captain is. He's going to be there. He's going to be doing his thing, getting the boat ready to go. And I'm going to go, hey, Cap, what should I'm going to go up right here in the tackle store? As soon as I'm done talking to you, what should I use? What should I use? Because there's a lot of phenomenal tackle stores. I know that. And there's a lot of great owners at tackle stores that support me 100%. And I love them. But they weren't out fishing last night. The captains of these sport boats that you're going fishing on, Darren, they were out last night. They know what worked last night. They're going to tell you, look, this worked yesterday. And this worked the day before. So you want to have this and you want to have this. I don't know what those two things are because I'm not out there, but I would definitely talk. And the other thing about this whole thing, when you go on a charter boat or you go on a sport boat, there's only one person on the whole boat that really knows what he's going to do tomorrow. Only one. Now, he can convey that message with his crew, but the captain's the only guy on the boat that really knows what he's going to do. Why do I want information from the third deck or the cook? Or I want to talk to the captain. And nowadays, everybody in the industry understands that your money is super valuable to all of us. And we understand that you have many, many choices to go out on a boat. So if the captain is unapproachable and you can't talk to him and he doesn't have time for you, then I would look very, very hard at going on a different boat next time. I'm sorry, though. People, boats. I'm just pulling down your cover. You can call me. My number is nine four nine three seven four zero seven eight six. Let me know. Oh, you're messing up my business. No, nope, you are because you got an attitude. Lose the attitude, gang. The people are tired of it. We're not going to go with the attitude boats anymore. And I'm never going to allow my clients to do that. You got to be approachable. You bit you out online so fast. Your business will be over before you know it. And don't take it from me. I only get 15 to 30 million views a month. So I don't really know what I'm talking about as far as social media goes. But there's people out there that can really affect your business by their follower by talking about you to their followers. All right, Kim and Dan. Captain Dave, boat question. In Cabo, do you have divers? Clean your holes? Does the warm water down there make the growth more? If so, how often? Yeah. We try... From July to the middle of October, maybe the end of October, it's twice a week or twice a month because the growth comes so fast. And it also depends on where you are. In Cabo Harbor, the growth comes super fast because there's so much activity in that harbor and there's so much stuff and there's so much stuff in the water there that the growth comes super fast. But yeah, I don't care where you are. When the water gets warm in Dana Point Harbor, when it was getting into those 75, 80-degree days, that growth will come fast. That growth is going to have everything. Mark, you're a gearhead. How gnarly is the growth on the bottom of your boat? It can cut down four or five knots. It can ruin your fuel consumption, right? Absolutely. Just buy a little bit of stuff on your hull.
1: You can dive underneath and look, and you say, well, it doesn't look that bad. I've, I've had guys, when we were diving, they go Well, it doesn't look that bad. I go, oh, you've got to be kidding me. They couldn't get up on plane. They call a mechanic out. There's something wrong with my boat. It won't get up on plane. Clean the bottom. Just clean the bottom. And all of a sudden it runs like a brand new boat. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it might, it doesn't have to look that bad. It just it is. It's a drag on the boat and the fuel consumption. Man, we used to clean our boats once a week. I couldn't afford the fuel.
0: It does matter, and it matters a lot, and it's super important. And I don't care if you're in Alaska or you're in Cabo, the bottom of your boat, that crap growing on there, it happens so fast, and you don't even know it. And a lot of t- nowadays, I'm just going to give you a little secret. Nowadays, you all have GoPro cameras. Put it on your scrub brush after the boat cleaner's done. Stick that GoPro underneath the water and actually look at the bottom of your boat and make sure. Uh, I'm just calling them out here a lot of the divers that clean the bottom of the boat they get away with rubbing the outside so you where you can only see and they leave that bottom sometimes for the second or third time they clean which doesn't make any sense to me but they do believe me there's guys out there doing it you can take your gopro run it underneath your boat and look real quick and see and bottom paint is another big thing that people don't understand because when the guy is scrubbing the bottom of your boat and he's getting all the stuff off, he's actually removing the paint a lot of times. And it's crucial to get that good bottom paint on there to keep the growth down, right? There's two different kinds of bottom paint. There's a, there's a sloughing
1: paint, and it's, that paint is made to slough off when you clean it so that it takes the algae with it. And then there's another hard paint that doesn't slough off. You, you
0: just scrub off the algae. Well, it's great to have you with us, Mark. Thanks for joining us. It's wonderful. Mark is like super technical gearhead kind of guy. He ran one of the best operation. Well, no, he ran the best operation on the East Cape. Mark's totally retired now, got rid of his boats. But you can go back and look. And uh, he, Jen ran sport fishing on the East Cape, Los Barillas. That was Mark's business. He was top of the heap for a very long time. Now he just, me and him go fishing together and just have a ball. Yep. Gang, hold on one second. I just want to show you one thing real quick. We're going to jump right back in. We got a lot of questions here. We got a lot of questions. Let me see something here. Let me see. What do we got here? All right, gang, your saltwater guy, Captain Dave Hanson, 61 years old. Can you imagine the energy level of a 61-year-old man? I, they didn't make them like this when I was young. 61-year-old man drinking Roasted Anchor Coffee from the Roasted Anchor Coffee Company. Man, is does it taste good. I'll tell you what, it brings my energy level up, puts me in a great mood all day, allows me to make all these great videos and show you a phenomenal way to fish. Anchor, Roasted Anchor Coffee Company, you can't go wrong. Gang, download that QR code. They're giving away. To one lucky person that visits their store this month, they're giving away a T-shirt, a hat, and a bag of coffee. All you got to do is grab that QR code right there. And uh, by grabbing that QR code, that'll take you right to their website. Go into the website, actually visit it. That gets you entered into the into our um, contest to win that T-shirt coffee cup and bag of coffee. It's pretty simple. doesn't get much easier than that. Let's see if we got any more questions. I think we do, Mark. I think we do. All right. Thanks, Darren. That was a good question. All right. All right, John and Tina. I want to catch halibut outside of the bay. Tina and I tried just outside the breakers and 12 feet of water off Black's Beach this weekend, but got nothing. Where can we catch halibut outside of the bay? That is a phenomenal question, John. And I was talking with one of our members here when we were getting ready to park. I was chit-chatting with him. The whole thing about the halibut fishing that people don't understand, it is a big-time you have to be committed all day to do the halibut thing. Now, a lot of it is dependent on tide and tide movement. I found the best is when the tide's going from high, or excuse me, from low to high when the water's rushing in. That seems to be the best time halibut that I found. Now there's probably guys that will say it's the opposite and I know that. I'm just talking about me. So you have to be pot committed and fish through whichever tide you believe is the tide. I'm telling you what tide I believe. But another thing is, is that tide's going to change. It's going to be six hours as it goes from low to high. Then you got to commit that six hour time. You're going to go to, let's just say you're going to go to the San Onofre pipe that's available on our website at yoursaltwaterguide.com. You're going to go to the pipe and you're going to fish today. You're going there. You're going to fish the six hours. The tide starts at one and it ends at seven. I'm going to fish that tide the whole day. I'm going to fish the, the south side of the pipe for a few hours. Then I'm going to fish the north side of the pipe. And I'm going to constantly be driving back up to it, redrifting it, getting back. When I get past all this, the edges of the pipe and where I don't believe there's any fish or through all the bait then I'm going to drive back up and I'm going to redrift. drift. I'm not just going to nilly willy throw some baits on the bottom and drift for six hours. I am going to drift by the pipe where all the baits stacked up, where all the, the halibut like to stack up right on the edge where the hard or the rocks meet the sand. That's where they're going to be stacked up. That's how I'm going to approach it. That's what I'm going to do. Most people, when I talk to them about halibut fishing, John and Tina, What they do is they go and they fish for 45 minutes or an hour and they don't get a bite. And they're like, halibut aren't biting today. Let's go. We were talking about that with our buddy. um, We won't say his name, but (laughs) going marlin fishing. We're all in. We're marlin fishing all day today. We want a marlin. And three hours into it, they're like, is there anything else out here to catch? Well, wait a minute. If you wanted to catch something else, that's what we would have done. But you told us we were all in marlin fishing. Same thing with halibut. You're either in or you're out. You cannot be half in, one foot in and one foot out because that, first of all, that takes your confidence level away in your brain. And once you start to take that away and you start second thinking yourself, then you're done. You can't can't focus on doing it. And all you're thinking about is, well, dang, Tina and I know that the. Fish are biting on the artificial reef because we do what Dave says and we've been there a hundred times and we know there's a bite, 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 bite. This halibut thing is not like that. You got to be pot committed. You got to be all in and you got to give it the time.
1: But when they go off, you can make your day in a hurry.
0: Oh, right. You got to
1: pay your dues. Pay your dues. And and
0: when it goes off, oh boy. When it's bite time, baby, get out of the way. It's bite time. But you might have left 10 minutes before bite time. You might have just been right there, but you weren't pot committed because you had second thoughts of what you wanted to do all day. And another thing, you can't do it with your friends. You can't take your friends or your kids out there because it sucks. It's a boring, boring time waiting for that bite to happen. You have to, you and your wife, John, you guys can do it because you love to fish and you're into it. But the problem is being pot committed all day to actually partake in it. All right. Is there any... This is from Matt Ryan, who was over at Catalina yesterday, and he had a massive... Are there any tricks to keep a sea lion away from good fish you're reeling in? The thing is to keep winding as fast as you can and never, ever pump the rod like we talked about a few minutes ago. As soon as you slow down or drop the tip, he's on it. He is on it immediately. He's on that fish. A lot of times what I'll do, though, if he grabs it, I go into freeze pool immediately. <clears throat> the minute I go into free spool, that that sea lion believes now that he's won the battle and he'll go, he'll let go of the fish for a split second to readjust it, to swallow it, and you'll feel the fish swim back in gear and wind in as fast as you can. That sea lion's gonna be like, Oh, whoa, what just happened? The fish just left that little area and you got the tip as high as you can, you're winding as fast as you can. And you see that sea lion greyhounding after it, it's all about speed now. It's all about trying to get that fish into the boat. I've seen it many, many times in my little short career. We got another good another good question. I went okay, this is from uh my buddy Scott, one of our members, Scott. I went to the boat show last weekend and I saw a ton of boats with those giant motors hanging off the back big giant motors to get to where you got to go real quick. And a lot of these boats nowadays are having three and four outboards on the back. And he says, don't you, doesn't your line get tangled up in those? Absolutely. If I was making a boat, if I had all the money I needed and I wanted to build me a pitching boat, I'd build a 35 Cabo type of boat with no swim step. Nope. Cause I can open the swim door and slide in and out or the tuna door. Side in and out. I don't want that swim step. Why?
1: It gets in the way.
0: It gets in the way all day. Every When the guy's got got his finger in his nose and he's eating his booger and his fish goes left towards the swim step. Have you ever seen the swim step? Saw the fish off? Yes. About 100 million times. (laughs) Swim steps suck. Swim steps suck. If you're too fat to get in through the tuna door, put a ladder there. But the swim step is the worst thing if you're a fishing boat. No Outboard motor's either hanging out over the back because that's a giant obstacle when you're fishing to try to get around those things. Here, hold my rod. I'm gonna hang out over the outside. And if it's rough (laughs) and you're gonna hang out over the outside. it. Now I know a lot of these super successful charter boat operators have outboard motors. I understand that, but no, you asked me. I I can't answer the question for them. Me, I'm not putting them on my boat yet in the butt it's a giant obstacle to get around so that's why I would not do that and if you have them then you have them but I'm just telling you what I would do I only know what I would do I can't like I say in all my videos I can't tell you what you would do I can't show you how you fillet fish I can't show you how you wind in a fish so that's what I got oh Wild Willie wants to know, Mark, can you use both of those paints together? No, no,
1: no, no, no. And if you have a sloughing paint, you cannot put a hard paint over it. It won't stick. It'll make the biggest mess. Don't ask me how I know, but (laughs) I know. So you need to know what kind of paint you have on the bottom before you buy new paint to put on the bottom. If it's a hard bottom paint, then you could put a sloughing paint over that, but you can't put a hard paint over the sloughing paint. Because it it'll just fall right off. It, huh? it makes a huge mess.
0: And you you go to a good shipyard, the first thing the guy at the shipyard is going to ask you is what kind of bottom paint do you have on there? And if they can't find an answer, they're going to tell you they got to sandblast that paint off because they can't put they can't do that to you and have all the paint fall off the first time you run the boat. So it's crucial to know who put what bottom paint on your boat, when they applied it. All that matters a lot. And as far as the price of fuel and everything today, cleaning your bottom is nothing.
1: It, the Bottom paint is free. The money you save on fuel.
0: Just on the fuel alone, gang, you will be blown away. I don't know how many times I was on yachts when we put new propellers on or, or we uh, put new motors in and we did all these things, and uh, we couldn't get the boat to the right, the right speed. The RPMs wouldn't. It'll stop your RPMs from going as max Absolutely. as they just a little bit of growth on the bottom, won't the boat won't come up to RPM? The motor can't push it through the water because it's like a, it's like a plunger when you stick a plunger on, onto a countertop and then try to slide it across. To how hard it is? That's what happens with that growth. It grabs the water as the boat's going through it, and it's holding on to the boat. The water's actually grabbing the boat, right? Yeah, For lack of a better scenario, yeah. that's it. So think about that. The next time you go,
1: it's like trying to slide a piece of sandpaper over the counter. It's it's sticking. It's not sliding. Mm-hmm. If, if you put a piece of paper on the counter you can slide it back and forth, you put a piece of sandpaper on the counter. You, you can't move it if you put a little pressure on it. Well, that's what had that, that, that growth just won't let you push through it.
0: Exactly. It's super important. It's, it's more important than you can even possibly imagine. We cannot emphasize enough how important it is to keep your bottom of your boat clean. It's crucial. And you'll see all the divers in the harbor. There's so many cleaning the bottom of boats. And here's another thing. Have you ever cleaned the bottom of your boat? All the time it sucks so it's not fun right it was it, never well it's, it's worth the money though but
1: it was my my boat so it was a little different than cleaning somebody else's boat that uh, but it's still not fun and i mean you, you're upside you, down scrubbing oh, in the know, water yeah
0: so if you think wow the guy's charging you, you
1: get barnacles and you need a plastic scraper to scrape the barnacles off because that you can't clean them off uh, we used to use carpet we used to clean the bottom of the boat with carpet that
0: worked pretty good. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. But that was because you kept it clean. Yeah. If it wasn't clean, the carpet uh, would have never work. No, right? I don't know
1: how like a real dirty bottom. I don't know how you keep it clean. You, it's a hate. You need a plastic spatula or something to to do it. You can't use a metal one because it'll gouge the paint and dig into the the hull at it, the
0: fiberglass. Yes. Yeah, it's it's no giant. Problem. But a plastic
1: mess. one won't hurt anything. Um, you can clean with that.
0: But the reason I was telling you that was because. If you're like, well, is it really worth it to get it cleaned all the time? The guy's charging me a lot. Well, it's not an easy job. No. It's not easy to go under. And if you don't believe Mark or I, do it once. Jump in the water and you're wet. Go rent a wetsuit. Go get the hookah gear. Go get all the stuff and go underneath your boat and clean the bottom of your boat. And then let me know if it was worth the 100 bucks to have the guy do it. All right? So we got some more questions here. Oh, the shirt. This is War Heroes on water. This is uh, something that I am super, super proud to be a big part of War Heroes on Water. And I we got this tournament coming up at the end of September. I'm super excited about it. We're going to have Rod Halperin and a couple of the War Heroes on the show here real soon. And we'll have them on a couple times before the tournament. But yeah, that's what this is about. War Heroes on Water, something that I've been a part of since the very first tournament. And it's a big deal. And I'm super proud to be a part of it. All right, Tim Ogilvie, when rock fishing in La Jolla, can you fish too heavy of floral or does it not matter? I normally use 25. Yeah, I'm I'm a firm believer in the lighter, the line, the more natural the hook's going to look down there to the rock fish, especially now that we're a a month and a half or a month into the season. These fish have seen a lot of stuff already. So it's going to be in the very beginning, maybe out on the 14, when those fish hadn't been touched in 25 years. It didn't matter, but now that fish are getting fished so hard, all these rock fish, yeah, the lighter floral you can go, but I wouldn't go 25, Tim. I'm going to use at least 30 just because of the weight, that 6-ounce or 8-ounce or 12-ounce torpedo sinker hanging off of there and then two hooks. And if I hook two really good fish, 25, I would never go that light. I go as light as 30, but I I won't go any lighter than 30. And I know it's like, well, I'm doing 25. What's the difference? A lot. A lot. 25, 30 is a lot heavier than 25. Okay. What do we got? My buddy, Jack. I hope you're filming some cool stuff, Jack. What is the process you take? What is the process to take when you try to catch squid at the island? What do you look for on your electronics? It's a phenomenal question. And I know what you're doing here, Jack, and I appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. Gang, I have full video series on how to catch squid over at YourSaltWaterGuide.com. I know you find that unbelievably odd that I would actually have any stuff on there that would actually work. But I actually show you what your fish finding apparatus, what you're looking for on it, what the fuzz looks like on the bottom, what a squid nest looks like. All these things are available at YourSaltWaterGuide.com. What I'm going to do if the weather's nice and it's not blowing too hard and I'm over there at the island, I'm going to set up on a squid nest or the squid on the photometer that I'm seeing. Oh, fish finder. Excuse me. Those of you that don't know what a photometer is. The fish finder. And you're locating the nest or you're seeing squid or you think it's squid. I'm going to turn on my underwater light. I'm going to turn on my deck lights. I'm going to light up the water big time. And I'm gonna watch over the side, and I'm also gonna watch my fish finding apparatus. And I'm gonna see if that fish starts or that squid starts to move off the bottom with the lights. And I'm gonna stare at the water as hard as I can to see if I see any squid coming up underneath the lights. Because first thing it's gonna do is start to react to those lights and come up. And then if you start seeing some squid, then you know it's squid. If you just see fin bait, sardines, or mackerel, then You know, it's fin bait and it's time to move on and find another. But I'm going to light it up and I'm going to drift on it for about 10, 15 minutes watching it on the. If everything disappears on the fish finder and I don't see anything, I'm on my way to go find something else. As soon as I see a lot of squid come underneath the light, I kick the anchor over immediately. That way I don't move off of the squid nest or the squid bed and that allows it to build up. So you might see it. It might charge the light first. Then it's going to settle back down because it's kind of nervous and it doesn't want to get eaten by all the animals out there. And then when you kick the anchor over and you stop moving, then it's going to have a tendency to build up more underneath the boat, build up more, build up more. And then you could start to scoop it or you could start jigging it up with your squid catchers. Promar makes squid jigs, squid catchers and everything else like that. And they're having that phenomenal contest. All you got to do is go over there and visit the Promar website and, uh, if you visit it by entering the QR code, that's going to bring you in there. And then one lucky person is going to win a giant bag of swag from Promar. You're going to get some live deceptions. You're going to get some squid, rock cod squirts. you probably get a squid jig or two. You're going to get a hat, and you're going to get a T-shirt from your saltwater guide. And we're going to give that away on June 1st. All right, we got another cool question here. How do you know when you need new bottom paint. My paint is almost two years old. How can I judge it myself?
1: There you go, techno. (laughs) That's a good question. It depends on if your boat's in the water all the time or not, um, how much you've cleaned it. Two years, I think, is it doesn't owe you anything. You've probably time to do more bottom paint. But the the other thing is you don't want to build you don't want to put the bottom paint on too thick and have it build up either. The, all the bottom paint manufacturers recommend two coats. It, it kind of depends on the condition of your bottom whether you want to put two coats on or not. One good fresh clean coat if your bottom paint is just marginal will probably do it. If it's really bad then you you, you know you need to take it down and start over again.
0: And then something I would throw in here about that is the guy that's diving on your boat, if your boat's in the water and he's cleaning the bottom and you trust him, then ask him because he's going to be able to tell you because he's looking at 20, 20 boats every day. Yep. He, he's going to yep. tell you, hey, you got some spots where the paints, we burned through the paint. You got some spots where you need to get a lick of paint on there. And like Mark said, most manufacturers will tell you two coats. You know why? They're selling bottom because they paint. sell bottom paint. I'll tell you, you need two subscriptions to your saltwater guide. You got to have two. One's not going to work. You need two. <laughs> the other, the other thing that
1: when you're talking to your bottom guy, ask him about your zincs. That's really important, and if, he, if he's not, t- he should be telling you um, if they're wearing thin. But if he's not, you should ask him anyhow if he's if he's not telling you.
0: And that is super important. Those zincs, Oh my gosh! If that once that see there's electricity in the water and electricity goes after metal and it eats away the metal this is very very strange for those of you that don't know what i'm talking about so we call it electrolysis and what it does most propellers on most bigger boats are brass now your propellers on your outboard motors are usually aluminum if they're in the water, aluminum's a super soft metal, brass is a soft metal that electricity is going to go after start putting a bunch of little holes in it. I
1: lo- I we had a bonding strap break. They went
0: away, man. The generator kicked us off. Oh, we're back on. We're back on. We're back on. I don't know what happened there. I know we jumped off for a minute, but we're back on. So the back to what you were saying, they didn't hear you. You lost your. Oh,
1: we had a bonding strap break. We have a generator. That boat had a generator on it and it's grounded to the to the zincs. It's everything's all bonded together so that it, it it's all protected by a zinc because the electricity is going to eat the zinc before it eats any of the other metal on your boat. And the strap broke. We didn't see it. And I lost a expensive pair of propellers. So quick, I couldn't believe how fast they got eaten up.
0: And this can happen because one of the boats around you isn't doesn't have doesn't have or has his leads coming into his shore cord, and it's not grounded properly, and he's pumping electricity into the water. Or a lot of times nowadays, especially in most of the harbors, because you know, as everybody knows, nobody has any money now, so there's a lot of docks that are neglected that have power just hanging in the water. So there's a lot of times where the the marina company is causing the problem or the boat park next to you, you can be as clean as a whistle, but if you do not replace your zincs, that electricity is going after the the zinc is a super soft metal that the the electricity goes after right away. Then when it can't get anymore, then it goes over to your propellers. Once it eats your propellers, then where does it go to the stainless steel shafts? And it loves shafts. It loves to eat shafts. Through holes. Through, through holes. Boats
1: sink because the through holes get
0: eaten. get it. But the electrolysis is a big deal. Having your boat in the water is a bitch and luxury, and it's a great way to have your boat. If you have a boat, I always suggest to everybody, have it in the water. Because if you don't, if it's on a trailer, it's going to change the fact you're driving home from work this afternoon, the weather looks bitching. you're driving down the coast highway, and you're like, we should go hang out on the boat but the boat's on a trailer in the storage yard. But if the boat's... I'd still the, go hang out on it. But. <laughs> <laughs> but if the boat's in the water at a dock, it's gold. Yep. It's But you got to take care of your boat. And that bottom paint, the zincs, the bottom cleaner, those are all super important. Wyatt's got a great question. He goes, Captain Dave, how do you catch bait? I catch it very, very well. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, it all depends, Wyatt, on what we're doing. Like I was explaining a few, few minutes ago about that squid. When we're fishing for squid, that's what I do. When I'm fishing for mackerel, what I'll do is I'll get in the area where I know that there's been a lot of mackerel. I'll toss my anchor over. I'll throw a chum bucket in the water. Then I'll do a little maintenance work on the boat. Why that chum bucket is bringing all the mackerel up around the boat, half an hour, 45 minutes after. I'll look over the side. There'll be 10 million mackerel there and I'll fill up my bait tank in seconds. What a lot of people do, is they try to catch bait the day they go fishing. And that's really brutal because you're taking you're cutting into your fishing time. So if you have an opportunity to catch the bait before you go, like mackerel, something like that, that's awesome. Or the bait barge in Long Beach, San Pedro, Newport, Dana Point, wherever you... That's where Dave catches
1: most of his bait.
0: Yeah, right out of the bait barge with the $100 bills. And it's, it works <laughs> every single time. It's flawless. I can't imagine leaving without any bait on the boat when there's a chance to buy bait before you leave. So that's how I go about it, And that's what I try to explain to most of our, most of our people. Oh, Tim asked if he's, he booked a trip with Justin. Justin's going to go. He's a private guide. He's one of my guides where we come with you on your boat and we teach you how to fish. We got sunny up in, uh, up in the Channel Islands, and we got Justin down in Southern California. Here's what I always did when I would come with you on your boat, and I learned this the hard way. I would always say when they ask, hey, what do we need to bring? You need to bring food and water for me to eat and drink. You need to bring stuff for me to eat and drink. We don't need another ice chest. We don't need me to bring some other thing for us to be kicking around. You're going to have food and water on your boat for you. Bring some for me. I can eat anything, so I never cared. I didn't care if it was a lettuce sandwich or and if it was a hot water. But I learned the hard way one time because I went with these guys once that were fasting. They were doing a religious <laughs> fast, and I didn't understand it. I didn't understand it. We were at the fuel dock getting fuel in the morning, and they said, Hey, Cap, you need anything? And I was like, No, I'll be good at lunch. I'll be good. I can wait till lunch. I had no idea. They had nothing on the boat. No water. No. They had some uh, some uh, unleavened bread. And that was all <laughs> they had. And it was blessed. So I wasn't allowed to have any. It was gnarly. I had the worst headache. It was hot. We caught a million fish. We didn't have water or anything to eat. From that day forward, I always told every one of my clients when I would go fishing with them, make sure you bring me something to eat. Bring me something to eat. Justin's going to bring what you need to catch the fish. And then you you supply the boat. Bring him something to eat and drink. Water is all we drink. We don't one thing I promise you, me or none of my guys are ever gonna drink your beer. So you can bring your beer and don't have to worry about us. We're not drinking your beer. I promise you. It's not a yeah, when you go fishing, it shouldn't even be a time to drink. If you want a drink, you should go charter a bar.
1: Some of our clients made it difficult on the, on my deckhands because they'd go, come on, have a beer. Come on, I'm having a beer. Have a beer with me. Don't try to shove a beer down their throat. You know, sometimes you'll force them and they'll have one because they don't want to offend you. But they don't want to have a beer either. So it puts them between a rock and a hard spot. I mean, one time you could say, do you want one? But but it's not, come on, come on, have one with me. You know, it, 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 it's not good.
0: Not no. Well. No, and it's not... When you're going fishing, it should and when you're going fishing, it should be a fishing trip. Yep. When you're going drinking, you should charter a bar. That's what I always said. Why did you guys come out here? You're just hammered. You're drunk. You're you're obnoxious. You're making this not fun for me, my crew, or anybody. I'm just had to throw that out there. And I know you never would do that, Tim. And I know you know more about it than you're letting on. But uh, thank you. That was a cool question, and it was good for me to roll into that. Kim and Kim and Dan. Dave, Mark, it wasn't a rock cod question, but we wanted to know what your thoughts were about. Oh, yes, you already asked. I'm sorry. It came through a second time. Exact same question. All right. Okay, gang, can you believe this? It's already been 55 minutes. Gang, do not forget to go over there and visit Roasted Anchor Coffee. Grab that QR code. You want to win that T-shirt, that free bag of coffee and and the uh, coffee cup. Make sure to grab that QR code real quick here, gang. We're going to wrap this thing up. I want to touch bases real quick on what we got going on tomorrow. We got the great Wayne Kodav from CCA, California. Grab that QR code if you want to learn more about what's going on out there. They're on a mission. They are on a mission to stop us from fishing. That's the only thing I can say, Mark. They are on a mission to stop us from fishing. Mark's been living down here in Mexico for 30 years. So he hasn't had to deal with all this baloney. Well, you have. Because they're doing the same type of thing down here. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're taking away a lot of stuff from a lot of guys down here too. I don't know what the whole thing is. Because really, Mark has ran a dive company and he also ran a fishing company. And as you know... We have zero effect on the population of fish in the ocean with a spear gun or with a fishing pole. Not even you, Tim. You're not even that good. We need to have a voice at the table. That's what Wayne and all the guys over at CCA California do. They give us a at least a voice at the table and at least a way for us to gather the knowledge of what's coming down the pipe. What's the next thing they're going to do? What's the next closure they're going to shove down our throat? It's just not I know it's hard to fight them I know that but it would be neat to know where the where the bullets are coming from so at least you could kind of jump to the side a little bit. Another thing gang and I tried to talk to a couple of the charter boat companies well if you're out there fishing and you catch a cow cod, don't take a picture of it. what is wrong with you? There's a chance that we can get this open next year but if you're posting pictures of you and your clients. Rolling around on it, trading, letting six people hold the one cow caught up and taking 13 pictures and then pretending like you're letting it go alive. You're blowing it for all of us. We're working so hard to try to keep a little bit of the fisheries open. And uh, I'm just trying to let you know, don't piss me off. I'll throw you right underneath the bus. But then again, who am I? I only get 30 million views a month. You don't, it, I don't matter. Don't worry about what I have to say. But quit taking pictures of cow cod, you booger eaters. Stop it. I know you caught one. Big flipping deal. You caught a fish that you're not supposed to catch. And then you took a picture of it? Are you? Uh, might as well just pick a big booger and take a picture of you eating the booger. All right, gang. Uh, Mark, thanks for joining in on the show today. You're welcome. That was pretty rad. He doesn't want to be on screen anymore because he's I'm, eating a booger I'm, I'm right now.
1: I'm tired of bending
0: over. <laughs> he's eating a booger right now. There you go, <laughs> gang. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Make sure you share the show tomorrow with everybody. Tomorrow, super important. The other thing, we still got a few minutes. I want to. Those salad shooters are building off of Morro Bay. This, uh, these wind factories that they're going to build off of Morro Bay. It's the worst thing they can possibly do to our environment. It's not going to save anything. It's the dumbest thing, the worst thing, the hardest thing you could possibly imagine. Going in off the coast, 25 miles off of Morro Bay, they're going to build these giant windmills. All that's going to do is kill seabirds and sea lions, dolphins, and whales. Whales. And massive, massive, massive amounts of fish, just mind boggling amount of fish, and destroying the ocean seafloor with these giant pieces of concrete that they're going to have to pour and then drop into the ocean. I can't even believe the Coastal Commission allows this to happen in California. I was always taught that California cared so much about nature. Now we're learning. They only care about money. It has nothing to do with the poor animals out here. It's super sad that they're going to kill all these whales and dolphins and seabirds and everything else. Wayne will have something to say about that tomorrow. Make sure you join the show and make sure that you share this with everybody. We do this live podcast five days a week, Monday through Friday. We're coming up on our 1200th episode. That's pretty amazing. Thank you all for joining us. If it wasn't for all of you, I'd never do the show. Mark and I are going to get rolling. We're an hour from his house. He can he can see Cholula already when he closes his eyes. <laughs> all right. See ya.